This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Turkaholics and welcome back to Football Ala Turka. It's been a good while again, um, but football is slowly but surely starting back up. Of course, the Bundesliga started uh, two weeks ago, I think now, uh, and Turkey is soon to be next uh, in not this weekend, but the weekend after that, the weekend of the 12th of June, the Turkish Super League will be returning, and that's what we're going to be talking about, that and a, a couple of other news items that we uh, will surely be addressing tonight. Of course, uh, if you might have forgotten my name, it's Kam Bayezid, and I'm joined today by Umut Naderi, Jakub Marofolo, and the returning conquering hero from Chicago, Uzer Dinger. Uzer, how's hey. uh, the riots over there in the US? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's some really surreal times I've been experiencing, to be honest. First, the coronavirus and the 10, 11 weeks of lockdown, like, like everywhere else, and then suddenly it just kind of exploded out into the streets. Um, I was actually part of the protest a couple of months ago, I went up and to, to, to show my support and check everything out. And it was, yeah, it was quite, it was quite peaceful. It was, it was quite something to be part of. I'm really glad I went down. It seems to have died down a little bit now it's a little bit more uh, contained into small pockets but definitely some interesting times um i was actually wearing my Galatasaray shirt when i was or jacket rather than shirt when i was down there the other day so if you haven't seen pictures of uh jim bomb we're a flag fielding guy in the crowd that's me <laughs> well, i did see some pictures of a of a Bishiktesh fan as well there um, it's it's good that uh, the clubs are being represented there, of course. Um, <laughs> Always showing our solidarity with people. Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's horrible what happened, of course. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of stuff uh, happens more frequently. And, and it just tends to happen more often to, uh, unfortunately, to somebody of a black skin color than it does uh, to, to other people. And uh, that's just not okay, you know, that's just not right. And... Uh, yeah, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter, uh, and I say that uh, with the utmost uh, respect, of course, for uh, for everyone who feels uh, victimized and who gets victim- victimized in the U.S. And I, I heard a very interesting podcast uh, with uh, with Kevin Smith and uh, and his uh, compatriot, um, and 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 uh, they were talking about you know that uh, unfortunately the USA is kind of based on. Uh, racism in the sense that it's it's ultimately a country that was based on the principle of getting uh, f- free slave labor over and it's it's so interweaved in the DNA of the country and kind of stuff like that and it got me thinking like you know that's actually an interesting point like for example uh, England and, and I don't know exactly how it was in the UK but like for example here in Belgium you know uh, Leopold the I think the, the, the third uh, did go to Congo and definitely uh, did a lot of uh, atrocities there, but he didn't 
at least not large, not on large scale, to my knowledge, didn't bring uh, slaves over here, and it's not, cult, you know, it's not like a part of a culture that they're, you know, 150 years ago, every household had had a black slave or something like that. Whereas in the in, in the U.S., of course, you know, 170 years ago, um, you know, especially in the South, you know, most households had multiple slaves, and that's. Something that I guess you you just don't erase over a century or two even, um, but yeah, enough of that, <laughs> I think. But it's it's cool that you went there and showed your support to the people, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, Donald Trump will stop uh, fucking around on Twitter, uh, <laughs> doling out yeah. threats to people, and actually do his job as a as a president and uh, take care of his people and all of his people, not just the rich, uh, white old men. Uh, Jakub, how have you been, uh, how you been holding up the last couple of weeks? Um, well, I mean, I'm alive. So that, that's a good thing, I guess. But, no, um, no need to the, to the throat for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's okay here. It's like, it's starting to, um, you know, die down a bit. There was a huge protest um, in Rotterdam today about what happened in in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Corona-wise, I think it's it, it it started to become a little bit more lenient. Um, a lot of places have opened, uh, like barbers and stuff, and it, that helped me a lot because I really look. Do you know that one scene in in Jumanji when they finally reopened the uh, the game and? Um, Robin Williams just pops out and he's like, what year is it? I, I pretty much look like that. <laughs> so that was good. Um, and um, yeah, I, for I the rest, you know. I actually got a home uh, haircut last week. Oh, you know what? I still haven't had a haircut either. But more more pressing for me is my beard cut because I have a razor and I normally just trim it. But I just let it grow. So I'm like nine, ten weeks in with a very thick and juicy beard right now i'm going quite fond of it you can ask that to me like last time i cut my hair was like six or seven months ago maybe wow yeah like it's been growing ever since actually yeah uh, kim shaved the sides of my hair and uh, a couple of months ago she cut a little bit off the top because you know i have long hair on the top as well but uh no, my my beard has been trimmed and everything, so I look presentable. We had some uh, some important stuff to do over the last couple of weeks. Uh, on Friday, we we signed papers for a, a piece of land. Uh, yesterday, we went to the bank to sign uh, a mortgage. I guess uh, you call it. Uh, is that a mortgage? A loan, a bank loan, whatever. So uh, hopefully, we can start uh, construction works in the next six months or something like that so we can finally uh, get to building because we've been holed up in the house here for two and a half years uh, wanting to uh, do something here but we're not allowed by the local government because blah 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 but whatever uh, so big things happening there too uh, <laughs> Umut what about you uh, how's uh, life in Turkey now that you're back from the UK for a while well uh, nothing is different uh since I came here because uh, I haven't left my home uh, like uh, I only left my home like uh, three or four times uh, since I came here uh, just to like uh, meet with my some of my friends uh, and not to get any risk uh, 
to myself uh, about getting uh, infected outside. So uh, I've been uh, a little bit more careful than I used to be. And uh, also my dad and uh, mother are also going to the hospitals uh, every day uh, to work. So Mm -hmm. uh, for that, uh, actually, as they are leaving home every day, uh, they bring uh, all the stuff uh, when they're like, like coming home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that uh, left me without any needs to leave or outside. So. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant that there's a risk of them bringing the contamination to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ha- that has that risk, but also they uh, are dealing with the stuff that to be bought for home uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Ah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves me without any need to but go you, you outside. But you couldn't find proper suzuki in, uh, in, in the UK. Have you been uh, making up the, for that? Have you been eating? Yeah, and, and, and raka as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can find that if you look uh, properly. You know? Yeah, but it, it takes a little bit more like uh, going into it. You know? Maybe, maybe you when, you're, when you're back... Well. When you're back in the UK, one of our listeners can take you out for some Sujuku and Raka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, it's been it's been a bit crazy. Uh, what is it? Two, three months now. What? When did the, the competition get get halted? When did it stop? Um, uh, I came here uh, in twenty uh, fourth of uh, March. So like okay. uh, uh, five days later than the Galatasaray Besiktas game. Okay, okay. So then, uh, yeah, mid-March was the last game. Yeah. It's been, uh, what's that? That's uh, the third month, so we're on to the sixth month now. So it's, two, let's say, two and a half months. So two and a half months, no football. How much are you guys looking forward to the league starting up again, even if it is without fans? Oh, God, I just, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. The, the bits. After the first couple of weeks, when they were touting coming back to football without fans, I thought, oh, I'd rather not bother. But we've been deprived of it for so long now. I'm so thirsty for action. I'm so craving for the drama that even without fans, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait at all. Although I must say, I did have to refresh my memory where we were in the league standings before coming <laughs> off the show. Uh, I forgot that Chabzon and Bashakshir were on equal points uh, at the top two of the league. Yeah, and yeah. Gala are three points behind. So I just have to kind of refresh my memory of where, where we left things off. Yeah, uh, for me, it's still fresh in my memory. I, I just know that we're nine points back uh, from the leaders. So six from, from Galatasaray. And uh, I, I think then Sivaspor are on, what, 52, 51? Or uh, right there. That's 49, actually, 49. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so football starting up again. Jakub, how do you feel about it? Are you salivating at uh, the thought of seeing your traps and sports, seeing King Serlot, the king of the north, in action again? I mean, I was until, you know. No spoilers. I don't know, man. I, I have to be honest. Um, you know, the the... the the Bundesliga restarted and everything, and I haven't really watched the game mm-hmm. um, because I'm used to, you know, having people over or going somewhere to watch a game, and you you weren't able to, so it it, it felt really weird for me. But um, you know, I'm I'm happy that uh, that the Super League is back because we were having a great season, and um, I I can't wait uh, to see how we fuck it up, 
you know, <laughs> as is traditional wise. But um, you know, I'm 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 kind of scared of things like you know injury issues and stuff. But like overall, I'm I'm just happy that um, life is kind of starting to become normal again. You know, in quotation quote, quotation marks. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the the NBA is starting and uh, football is starting. I'm just you know, it, it it's like you can't you can't not be happy. You know. Mm-hmm. But you you're happy too. I take it. Yeah, like uh, I've been excited to hear like this. Uh, we can watch football again, mm-hmm. and as Jakub said, NBA is starting again, and uh, we can have the best times of our lives after like uh, <laughs> having watching uh, two of the best sports in the world. I, I, you know, am I the only one that's been like watching a lot of old stuff? Like I, last week, I think I watched like the I watched like. 20 something uh like long ass summaries like 10 15 minute summaries of of all of Galtrice matches in the 2002 2003 season you know uh, to well, like uh, to look for if we done any match fixing <laughs> no no i was i was I, actually the reason is back then i i i did regularly watch i think fenerbahce and trabzonspor games because the people i watched with like uh, was it was it like a Turkish cafe? I always watched with Fenerbahce and Trabzonspor fans. Uh, uh, I never watched with Galatasaray fans because they were assholes. And that's legit. Uh, that's legit true. They were assholes. I get resented. I thought you were about to say something's back never changed. No, no, no. They, the, the, where I watched, I didn't like. They, they uh, were, I was, I was like, how old was I? Fifteen years old or something? I was still like a kid. And the, the Galatasaray fans just weren't nice. They were like really. Um, uh, you know, this is coming off of the highs Mark, for Galtry, of Mark. course, and they were really, they were really like, uh, I don't know, like they had this air about them, and they were always like, uh, you know, like I don't know, trying to like fuck. Are with they you. from another planet? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so I watched a lot of Trabzon games in that era, and I watched a lot of Fenerbahce games in that era, but I didn't watch that much of Galtry. So I was just looking back at it, and I was just. You know, watching it, and I was just thinking to myself, "Wow, how, d- how, how did we win the league? Because they were really good that season too." And you know, yeah. if you look at the, the league table that year, that um, is the season I started watching football hmm. uh, like uh, regularly, yeah, yeah, regularly. Yeah. So, like, uh, I witnessed my first ever games in that season, and I witnessed uh, Felipe, that Felipe guy. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. For the like uh, so-called new Haji, uh, but <laughs> he never uh, make up for it. Like uh, he only played like for like half of a season. Then Haim Revivo came yeah, into those right. Yeah. In his first game, uh, it was the Bursaspor away game. And he scored uh, a free kick, right? He scored three goals. Uh, one of them were free kick, mm-hmm. and yeah, what's that also... recently? So I remember. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. And after that, he even. He didn't score any more goals. Like he didn't. It, no, oh. that's those are the only goals he scored for Gals right. I've been watching a lot of the the 2001 era Fenerbahce too, because I've been catching up on the old stuff. I don't know why. Uh, and uh, you know, Revivo and Rapaic, you know, just watching yeah. a lot of that back and Revivo's free kicks and uh, the the championship match. I actually watched that like the day or two ago, like the championship game they had, uh, Galatasaray's you know Haji's retirement match. 
Uh, they won four nil, and then Fenerbahce had to win away at Samsun. They came one nil down. They went one nil down. Galatasaray were already two or three nil up at the time. So at that scoreline, Galatasaray were champions. And then uh, Fenerbahce turned it around with the Yusuf Shimshek scoring. Uh, a young Yusuf Shimshek. Um, so I was watching that. Very young. Yeah, I was first. Well, first I got like this suggested video on YouTube. Uh, for uh, Galtrice retirement, uh, Haji's retirement match. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna watch that. And then it's the Trabzon game, yeah. Uh, it was a Trabzon game, yeah. And so that yeah. while, while I was he watching it, a, uh, like a distance shot. Like, yeah, he scored. Uh, a go- he scored two goals, gave an assist, and I was just thinking while watching it, like, why? Why did he retire? I mean, clearly he could still go for at least another year. Or uh, that he says that, like, uh, after the minute, uh, he says that. Uh, I didn't want to train anymore. Mm. I decided to quit. But the thing is, like for example, if you compare Shifo Mehmet, who retired at the uh, same same year, I think, uh, a s- similar age. I think they were both like thirty eight or something when they retired. When you look at Shifo Mehmet's career trajectory, like he had like one or two seasons before that, he had like a really good season with lots of goals. But then, like that last season, you can noticeably see like a big drop off in productivity but Haji still you know he could still go and it's funny because he just he stayed in football up until now uh you know he's still very active in football he clearly loves it a lot it's it's weird to see that a guy like that just hangs it up if they can still physically go you know like yeah but I think the Galstar board somehow forced him into uh, continue playing after we won the UFL Cup back in 2000. Hmm. Like, I think he might have quit after he won the best cup in his career. And, like... Didn't, didn't he win a Champions League with Barcelona in 93? No, wait. No. I don't know. No, I don't no, know no, neither, no, but... no, no. Marseille won the Champions League, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he qualified for the finals uh, in Champions League back in uh, 1988. Uh, mm. After having... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before that, in the uh, sem- semi-finals, they beat us. Mm. Yes, 4-0. It was a thumping, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Haji scored against us. I'm going to come back to this, by the way. Uh, I'm going to come back to this in a little bit about George Haji. Uh, there's a reason I wanted to talk about that, uh, why I brought it up now, but we're going to get to back to that later. So that's, uh, uh, how do they call that, like, uh, in a movie when they... Ah, oh, whatever. Anyway, let's talk about it. So yeah. the league is starting again. We said uh, we didn't really, we weren't sure if it was ever going to happen, but now it looks like it's going to. Uh, pretty sure it looks like it's going to happen, even though we still had plenty of corona cases over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Bishiktas had eight confirmed cases. Um, those were mixed uh, staff and players. I think. Um, I think Alanya Spor or. What was Alanya? I think Alanya Sport had three the other day, like last week or something. Um, obviously, Fenerbahce has had uh, at least Max Kruse. Um, Trabzonspor haven't had any, I think, right? No confirmed cases. And neither has Galtra, I think, except for, of course, uh, Fatih Terim. No, Trabzonspor is clean. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I didn't. I didn't even mean it that way. <laughs> I swear, I, I swear, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, we're going to continue uh, this this coming. Uh... Not this coming. The weekend after that, the weekend of the twelfth of June. So I'm just quickly going to uh, get up the match day here. 
uh, Ooh, the fixtures. Alanya had three cases today or yesterday because they're playing Basakir. Oh, okay. One of the reopening. So in it, Istanbul, then. It's gonna so be, they'll bring it with them. It's going to be match day 27 next week, uh, starting on Friday the 12th of June. Gustepe will be taking on Trabzonspor. Fenerbahce will be hosting Kayserispor. Basakir, as, as I already alluded to, will be taking on Alanya Spor. Besiktas are hosting Antalya Spor. And then uh, the final match on Saturday, Yeni Malatya Spor are hosting Kasim Pasha. Then on Sunday, what am I doing? Um, then on Sunday, yeah, Sunday, yeah, here we go. Kinshtarbe League uh, are up against Konya. Chaikurize host Galatasaray. And uh, Gaziantep host Ankara Guju. Um, and then finally on Monday, Sivaspor are playing against uh, Yukatil Denizlispor. Now, one interesting thing, um, for example, Gazi, Shehir, Gaziantep, they lost a couple of players already. Kayode, I believe, left Maxim. already. Maxim left already. These were guys that were on loan. Their contracts expired on the 31st of May. Uh, because obviously, uh, normally, the season is over at that point already. Um, Turkish clubs, the contracts they make with players, they run until the 31st of May. Uh, if you go on transfer market, it will say 30th of June, but that's incorrect. If you go on the TFF website, you can see the accurate uh, expiration dates of contracts, and it will always say the 31st of May. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was the season where we had the Super Final, um, where the season went a little bit longer. I think that was at least that season. Um, then we played past the 31st of May, and I don't remember hearing of a single case of a player leaving prematurely then. But now uh, Maxim left, like I said, Coyote left, maybe some other players are leaving. I don't think it's going to be a big thing. I don't think we're going to see a massive uh, exodus of players, but I do think that for example, some clubs that are probably safe from relegation or in the mid-table aren't going to be able to qualify for Europe anymore. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised maybe that some of them are releasing loanies or players that are um, on end of contract, they are releasing them already because obviously, you know, we're already in uh, a lira crisis now. The coronavirus uh, has further impacted the economy in a negative way. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that these clubs maybe don't want to pay um, players for another month or two um, during yeah, a period where they could be probably be saving all that money. What do you guys think of that? Uh, that we have players leaving prematurely already, of course. I think we spoke about last time, Loris Karius terminated his contract at Besiktas, but that's, of course, for other reasons. He wasn't getting paid. It's still a different uh, case, but still. Any opinions? Well, I know that uh, I know that um, the, the one I heard about is that Hassan Ali Calderon's contract is, you know, done, mm -hmm. um, according to, this, according to the T TFF site and whatever. Yeah. Um, Trabzonspor has some issues, you know, with players like Sosa um, yeah. having having been at the end of their contract. You know, their contract would be ending at the end of the season. Same with Novak. Yeah, but um, you can always agree with uh, on per. I mean, the, the clubs can just tell the players, look, uh, you know, we're going to pay you for an extra month, and then it's all all good. I think that's probably what happened in the eleven twelve season. But you know, it's yeah, like the think, players don't want to. Yeah, that's that's what I heard that. Uh, that if there are players that have you know are at the end of their contract that they just you know have like monthly contracts where they just play until the end of the season mm -hmm. so i you know it's 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 
it's it's unfortunate, but it's not something that you could even prepare for. You know, it's it's uh, really um, something that happens happened like once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's, it's as I said, it's unfortunate that some players leave. You know, with, unfortunate for the player, you know, because they get they don't get paid, and unfortunate for the teams because you know they they lack a player. But it is what it is. Yeah. You have to like grow with the grow with grow with the boat you have. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know? I know the expression you're trying to say there. Yeah. How do you say yes, that? That's one. How do you say that's that in one. English? Yeah, that's a question. The, qu- the question then is I mean, uh, you know, let's, let's say, for example, Gaziantep. If you played Gaziantep two months ago, you played arguably a stronger team than you would now simply because of the fact that some of their key players, like Coyote was a pretty key player. You know, some of their key players already left. Maxim had a had a great impact straight away when he came on. Um, you know, on, I think he came in January and he scored like a hat trick in his first match or something, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it does give maybe a little bit of an unfair advantage to clubs that play them after now. Uh, but like you said, Yusuf, uh, Jakub, sorry, it's um, it, it is a exceptional uh, situation that we're probably let's hope. Uh, we won't have to uh, go through again. Um, hopefully, next season can just go off uh, without a hitch and uh, finish for us. You know, go start to finish without uh, any uh, unscheduled uh, delays like this season. Anyway, uh, some some clubs are doing this. Um, I know Besiktasar. I think Fenerbahce are too. They are selling online um, the ability for fans to buy a quote unquote a ticket. Uh, for these uh, remaining home matches where if they buy it, I think it costs uh, 127 lira or something like that. You can have your picture put up in the stadium on a seat, basically. Um, And, uh, yeah, basically be there supporting the team, so to speak, for those uh, remaining home games. For which this are five, I think. I don't know if it's the same. Do Do you need a pasta leg for that? You don't need oh, a puzzle no. league. Uh, you can. You, Thank but God. They do ask for a TC Kimlik number, uh, and well, actually, no. You can also get one without a TC Kimlik number, but you do need a Turkish phone number and an address. That's the only disadvantage uh, of it. But uh, yeah, you can basically, you know, get your picture put up in the stadium. Um, and another thing that was being done, which I would like to get your guys' opinion on, is. Did you watch any of those Bundesliga matches? Because in I believe in the United States, uh, week one they didn't do this, but I believe in week two they they piped in stadium noises, um, you know, for the people watching on television to have a more immersive experience. Because you know, unfortunately, we Turkish football fans have watched way too many matches in empty stadiums because clubs got you know fined for whatever swearing or, or something like that. And it's, there's nothing more dreadful, I think, than watching in a match in an empty stadium where you can hear all the echoes and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it is much more uh, entertaining to have uh, fan noises. What do you guys think? Should uh, Digiturk should, uh, be in sports pipe in some stadium noises during the broadcasts to give us a better experience? I think that will ruin our experience because Turkish people don't have the ability to doing quality things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're underestimating them. What do you think, Özer? Would you like that? What about um? Well, I think it might make more sense to have this the fake sound pumped in the stadium to help mm. the players out. 
Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. way you at least you're not eroding your complete home advantage. You yeah, know, yeah. you have rare, 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 playing in the stadium it makes a big difference for the players. Bigger difference than to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that idea. What do you think, Jakub? Should, uh, but, but then, then of course you, you, the, 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 the margin for error is well. You're probably running a bigger risk at uh, the guy, whoever is responsible at the club, fucking up. <laughs> I think I, I have more faith in <laughs> yeah. the people at BN Sports to do it properly than I do at at the people at at the Michigan. To be quite fair, uh, you know, sometimes the production values aren't all that when it comes to uh, those type types of things. What do you think, Jakub? Yeah, Could that's you... what. That, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I, I, I can just already see it where they just push the wrong button and like loud ass music is starting to play. Or they, and, or they, concede, they concede a goal and then they press the cheers. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then they, I, I can see this happening in Trabzon. If that happened and they, and, and the, you know, we concede and they play like the happy sound and they'll probably <laughs> like find the guy and just like punch him or something because, you know, Trabzon. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I don't like I don't like it when um, when stadiums are empty. Um, it's it, it's a really weird sensation. But I also remember the times that um, I think it was a problems for Besiktas game or something where um, you know the you know that time that they allowed like female and children uh, oh, supporters yeah. for free. Yeah. That was absolutely horrible. Yeah, you know the I, sound I they produced. Yeah. I would rather have like an empty stadium than yeah. like have children and thing uh, children and women. We we but, had a match against Fenerbahce like that. I think I really I and the f- they don't even know what an offside is. <laughs> whoa, so like, whoa, whoa. they're that's, like that, celebrating oh. a goal score from offside and it's been like that, ruled out. That, that's sexist, Umut. That's sexist. <laughs> no, we are not going to partake in this uh, this this male chauvinism that you are uh, displaying here right now. But um, I have I, I didn't see how they did it in in in, in Germany. But uh, I don't think it's a smart thing to do in Turkey. I don't know. It, it I don't see it just working out. I think it's just they didn't do it in the stadium in Germany. It was actually the broadcaster. And for example, like the American feed had it, and like the normal feed didn't have it. I think so. It was really the Americans who were doing it the first time. I think then afterwards. Uh, everyone started doing it, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, I, I personally am pro. Uh, I, I I just have a hard time enjoying football when there isn't fan noise. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just me. Uh, anything left to add, guys, to the restart? Uh, how are the teams shaping up? Maybe uh, any any big missings that you can I'm, think of? I'm I'm curious to see how the players who haven't been training together properly for. Mm-hmm. Two and a half months are gonna, are gonna play. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see all those, those synergies between midfielders, for example. Yeah, but they, they have been before. training for a while now, though. Yeah, but the whole but but they've been training. I mean, I'm sure they'll be physically fit, but I don't know if the um, routines that they're practicing training, if they ever practice routines, if there is any physical training. But assuming that there is, how much of that has been uh, allowed to kind of develop and practice over the last couple of months, or mm. if it's just going to be playground style football? Yeah. Well, in Germany, it seemed like, uh, but of course, you know, Germans, uh, you know, this like a German car that just yeah, yeah. always going to run well. But uh, it seemed to go off like a hitch. I was really expecting those first couple of games that there were going to be players with <laughs> uh, physical deficits or something and just not going to be up for it. But it, it didn't seem to be a problem. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, the same will be true in Turkey. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the team shape up. You know, how were the forms going into this? Uh, Fenerbahce weren't in the best of uh, in the best ways going into this break. Maybe this gave them time to you know reflect and they'll be coming back stronger um you know Besiktas are without lowers carriers uh, maybe some other changes are going to happen you know players are getting closer to well they are actually already past the end of their contract so maybe some guys have already communicated that they'll be leaving after the season stuff like that so maybe different choices will be made uh, in the lineups it's going to be interesting to see if there's going to be any players that maybe are gonna I don't know ref, I would imagine if there were gonna be players that were going to refuse to play that they would have already done it but I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see how it turns out but that's all for the weekend of the 12th of June so that's still um, 10 days away from the time of recording this so let's move on to uh, our next subject and that's uh, a little bit less fun than it actually news that just broke today uh, and it affects the current league leaders Trabzonspor who have been handed a ban for one season of European football by UEFA for some sort of um, yeah uh, they, they, they some so they somehow failed to meet their financial fair play settlement requirements or something. Uh, Jakub, not much has been made clear about it yet. Trabzonspor have scheduled a, a press conference tomorrow, you told me, uh, before we start recording. What do you think is the issue? Well, I honestly don't know. Um... The, the 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 talk around town um I, I looked a bit on the uefa site and they don't even go into detail they talk about um like an agreement that they had with the team in 2016 uh which was back in the days that muare musta was the club president so um i have been you know i have been looking around on twitter and trying to find out there are people that normally are you know have a close uh, close uh, uh connection to the board that uh, generally talk about stuff that, uh, that that happens in the board meetings, but I haven't heard anything about those. Um, you know that I think that um, that the team has been uh, has been blindsided by it uh, today. Trabzonspor uh, president and captain uh, Aul and uh, Sosa had, had had like a whole press conference talking about how. Um, you know all the things that have been happening the last weeks with uh, transfer rumors, with with Novak and uh, Sosa leaving and stuff, and they didn't even like talk about uh, the 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 financial fair play things. So I think I think that they either didn't know about it or thought that um, not talking about it before it uh, was published was was better. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meanwhile, I you know we 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 all know that uh, the all uh, board. Has been doing some great things, you know. The 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 salary compared to the Muara Musta um, time is is like really like pretty much half. The team has been getting a lot of sponsors. Um, you know, the salaries are being ke- are being kept low, and you know, pretty much like everything is going okay. Um, the financial statements they put out, you know, where they were saying like that they had uh, a surplus of like twenty three million. Uh, or like 100 million tele, um, you know. So everything points to points to everything being okay, you know. But I just, you know, it 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 pretty much blindsided everybody, and I just can't understand what happened. Um, you know, it it is like Trump's sports thing to you know fuck up a good thing. So 
you know, that's the thing. But um, while we were uh, preparing to, uh, to to start the podcast, I have been looking through the financial statements. You can you can pretty much see all the financial sa- statements that Travelsport published, like over the last couple of years. You can find it all all the way back to like 2010. You can find it on the site. And I have found a bit about um, it's a, it is a financial statement uh, from 2017, con- con- uh, containing also the season of 2016. But I really can't can't really, you know, my my Turkish is is good, uh, but it it could be yeah, it could f- be that I'm missing f- something. Fiscal language is very complicated. Uh. Yeah, it could it could be that I'm missing something. But the only things that I can see is um, that they are talking about um, like a ten million uh, like a ten million de- deficit that has the you know the maximum deficit can be twenty million for two thousand and sixteen, mm-hmm. ten million for two thousand and seventeen, and Afterwards, it just doesn't say anything about 2018 and 19. That's nil, then. Then it should be full break even. Yeah, I guess. And um, you can you can look at the financial statements that the team pushed out um, over 2018, 19, and 20, and so on. And hmm. from what I've seen, you know, as once again, uh, financial things, as you said, are you know the, the language is just a bit different. It could be that I'm just misunderstanding stuff. But I really hmm. can't see anything in the deficit. So it's 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 just. It's just unbelievable. It yeah. could be that I'm just being ignorant. Traps and um, were, were going to get banned last season, but then obviously there was a 50 million donation made and they were able to qualify for Europe. Um, maybe, I mean, this is the only thing I can really think of. Maybe that's it. Maybe UEFA finally got wise to the source of the money and decided that's a problem. But then they should have done it then, I think. Seems a little I bit unfair. Also, be, the, the timing is terrible. And I think the UEFA needs to be more transparent as well. They can't just ban a club on FFP grounds and not give any more information. Well, they, they do give... They, well, they will give the information to the club itself. They're just not going to make those things public because that's things they want to discuss behind closed door. But the, the yeah. things that, that, that just kind of bother me here is that UEFA mentioned like announced like a month ago that they were going to be extra lenient on financial fair play due to the the extraordinary circumstances right now yeah and it just feels like a real dick move yeah uh, to 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 tell a club that are in, in pole position to get a champions league ticket next season who for whom that will mean a, a, a significant difference in the fu- in their coming future years because that's a 40 50 uh, million euro injection right there just for qualifying for the Champions League, if Trabzonspor yeah. managed to bring that in, and um, they're basically just putting a bomb under that right now. Uh, I think under these circumstances, financial fair play should be temporarily suspended. I'm I'm a big big proponent of financial fair play. I think it will in long term, well, at least the idea of financial fair play, uh, the way they execute it, isn't exactly always fair. Um, but you know, I think that given the circumstances right now, holding those those things over the club's head on top of all the things they already need to worry about is just unfair. Plus, the timing is, is, is horrible. UEFA wants, at any cost, countries to finish their leagues. They even threatened uh, leagues that are that, that were going to stop, like Belgium and the Netherlands. They threatened them from, from not giving them European tickets next season. And they quickly backtracked on that, but they did make that threat. And then, you know, they really want countries to finish the leagues... And now, just before the league is about to start again, they're kind of putting a bomb under a team like that. It feels very 
I don't know, it, it's just out of place. I think it's in very poor taste if you wait for to do that right now. Crickets. <laughs> you know, we are always talking about the impact that these kinds of things can have on the teams and on the morale of teams. Um, so I definitely think it's going to have an impact. But could be potentially good news for other clubs. Vishakshi here, Galatasaray, Sivaspor, Besiktas. Um, if this is upheld, obviously Trabzonspor already announced that they are going to appeal this. But if this is upheld, that will mean that uh, Besiktas would go to the Europa League currently in their current position, as they are currently fifth. Uh, and that might even mean that uh, number six goes to the Europa League if Trabzonspor win the cup. Uh, so Alanya Spor or even Fenerbahce would still have an opportunity at going to Europe next season if uh, Trabzonspor end up getting banned. I, I think Appeal could still get uh, get this thrown out, hopefully for Trabzonspor. Um, interesting fact as well. I think in uh, the tw- 2013 or something, Galatasaray went no 2012. Galatasaray went to the Champions League because Fenerbahce got banned. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2013. 13. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so this could be the second time Galatasaray uh, plugged the benefits from a European ban in that sense. Uh, so maybe, maybe yeah, just, just that we are. <laughs> maybe uh, Galatasaray just have some some high friends up in UEFA or something that are saving their asses again. <laughs> that's, that's what everyone likes to think. Both both fans of Galatasaray and uh, fans of rivals. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we're united in, dead India. <laughs> Anyway, we will keep you updated on this uh, situation as it progresses. Hopefully, uh, you, yeah, uh, Trabzon did say they will would be going to cast about this, and that we should be uh, looked at within the next month. So, hopefully, for Trabzonspor, uh, something positive comes out of that. Um, and then, lastly, another subject we have spoken in the past about the foreign limit um, being reintroduced. We have spoken out against it, but now over the last uh, week or so. Again, uh, stuff coming up, and it seemed like uh, it was already being put out there like it was a definitive decision. Uh, the, the, there will be a new form limit implemented. Initially, it would be 8 plus 2 plus 2, which would mean 8 on the pitch, 2 on the bench, 2 in the stands. And then the season after, it will be brought back to 6 plus 2 plus 2, uh, which basically is what we had for many years uh, prior to that 5 plus 3 plus 2 thing we had for one season, which was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they're they're talking about bringing the foreign limit back, and it looked like it was already a done deal, but then uh, the club's union uh, president, I think it was the other day, yesterday or the day before, actually said, no, uh, this is not a done deal, we haven't agreed to this, the clubs haven't agreed to this yet, blah, blah, blah. But... Yeah, it, it does look like it's still high on the agenda. Of course, uh, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan started pushing for this I, like two years ago or something. Uh, I don't know why he decided he needed to get involved in football. He, he, yeah, he likes to have his finger in all the cookie jars, I guess. Uh, but it seems like ever since Erdogan talked about there being a need for a foreign limit, that first Yildirim Demirören, who was a TFF president, and now Nihat Özdemir, uh, have been pushing behind the scenes to get a foreign limit introduced. Uh, first, Mircea Lucescu was used kind of as the puppet to, um, you know, uh, for the propaganda machine, so to speak. Now, Shinal Gunesh is the, the national team coach, and he has been carrying that torch further. Um, it's 
yeah, it, it makes me lose respect for those guys because they allow themselves to be used like puppets in that way. Um, because I, I really don't believe that the, that what they are saying is is one hundred percent their opinions. But regardless, it does seem you know Erdogan wanted it, so it, it keeps getting pushed. Uh, the clubs have in the past uh, not really revolted, but at least they have kept it away. They have been able to keep it at bay. But is it inevitable for the foreign limit to return? What do you guys think of this suggested 8 plus 2 plus 2, later 6 plus 2 plus 2? And more importantly, the little caveat at the top of it that the clubs will not be allowed to sign foreigners older than 32 years old. Ezra, I'm going to give you the floor first. Oh, what man. is your opinion on all of this? Utter, total, utter bullshit. I don't know where to begin dismantling this. I mean, we talked about this a lot in different forms over the years. Uh, the, the 32-year-old thing is a complete joke on top of that. I mean, look, this, this whole thing has no serious logic or analysis behind it. It's just an arbitrary decision full of arbitrary uh, uh, bullet points. That, that it's just been decided on the back of a bag pack. I mean, it's just, it's our Turkish players who are coming out of the Super League are flourishing abroad, abroad first of all. So many young players are able to go abroad without having the um, without having the push of being signed by Turkish clubs, and they're doing really well. And this is the best time ever for Turks abroad, thanks to the free foreign rule that currently exists in Turkey. Um, the it's not like someone has come out and said, look, we've done all this research, we've done all this analysis, and we believe that if we impose this restriction on foreign players, we believe that in two years, this will be the beneficial result. In five years, it will be like this. In 10 years, our club will be financially healthy. Our Turkish national team will be great. X, Y, and Z are the, are the, are the expected benefits. But, but there's no, nothing like that at all. There's been no presentation, no analysis, no nothing. It's just a decision that's been made, like a certain thing. Um, and I just don't trust them. I, I feel that this solution if it is as they're as they're calling it it's just completely disingenuous and um i i don't believe there's any sort of football related um uh like rationale reason mm -hmm. behind it this is this is the same tff who who just last month said that the champions league final will be played in august in istanbul as planned mm -hmm. without any confirmation without any announcement from uefa the organizers of the competition these guys just make a decision and make a statement and come up with it. Nothing they say can be trusted, A, and nothing they say has a substantial value, B. And, uh, and, and my fear, however, is that they'll go ahead with this, with this rule, with this xenophobic rule, and uh, set our football back 20 years again. Yeah, uh, Umus, what do you think uh, about all this? Uh, the reason I brought George Haji before, I think he came to Galatasaray 32. Is that correct? Age 32? Yeah, I think it's about right. Uh, yeah. He retired at uh, 37 or 36. So, 38, like, I think. What? 38? No, not, no, 36. Oh, 37, not 38. Because okay. uh, I think he, like, played five years. So, he should be, like, 32 when he came here. So, um, I think this is the rule to like uh, avoid uh, teams uh, from signing uh, stars like you know Drogba or like Pompersi kind. So like they don't come over here to just only to retire or like uh, treat us like a Qatar team. 
Yeah, but yeah, like, but that, that's, yeah. I think that's that's ridiculous because yeah, uh, the, the, these are the kind of players that create excitement in the Turkish state. These are the kind of players that find shirts that that bring fans to stadium that give us excitement. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, but up to a point because like uh, when you call these players up to uh, come uh, to here and uh, you pay too many too much money into them uh, and if they don't uh, compensate to their worth uh, then you'll be in a financial crisis like how Antalya Spur has been uh, from the Eto to Nazri to menace transfers yeah but that's that's a club living way beyond their means that's a club who has barely a fan base a proper fan base to speak of and suddenly start signing players on a three and a half year million contract uh, you know that's something that if you look at the comparative like like Trabzonspor Fenerbahce Besiktas Galatasaray three and a half million that's their top earners Uh, you know how can a club like Antalya Spor afford that? We've always said that that's that's irresponsible. Um, and and you know of course you know the big clubs have made plenty of irresponsible expenditures. But I do firmly believe that the the reason the Turkish clubs, the top cl- Turkish clubs, are in the current state they are in is because of the foreign rule. Because for decades. Turkish clubs had to overpay for Turkish talent, not just in terms of transfer fees, but also in terms of wages. The wages have skyrocketed over the past 15 years or so. I remember, you know, when Fenerbahce lured Tumer Metin away from Besiktas, that's more than 15 years ago, and they paid him two and a half million a year back then already, in like 2006, 2007 or something like that. We have been padding those wages because of how how important it was to get good turkish talent because you needed at all times to field at least um four or five so you needed really good turkish players and you needed to overpay for turkish players if a club like gaziantepspor had a mediocre left back named ismail koybashe you had to pay five and a half million euros for that player whereas for five and a half million euros even in today's market you could probably get a really good player you could for let's say 10 million euros or or, or eight or so you could have signed ianis haji and then you have a 21 year old top talent who was doing really well at Rangers when he went there. He didn't do so well at Genk, but he did well at Rangers when he went there. So, I mean, you could be signing really big, talented players for just a little bit more, for, for the, the the price of a Memetopus. And we've like discussed this. Bruma, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Bruma did well enough for Galtzray, and they flipped him. They didn't make a profit, even, but... You know. Even, yeah, even he flops. He's in the age to compensate for his work, you know? Like, you can't yeah. sell him for... Yeah, S- some money. If Van Persie flops, you 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 you're you can't. With the you're contract. done. Yeah, but the thing the thing is though, I don't think that Turkish clubs are in the state they're in right now because they well, in part, of course, they are in the state they're in because they paid way too high wages to Pepe and to 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 Drogba and to Van Persie and I don't know whatever all these big name players that earn five million a year or whatnot. But at the end of the day, I think. Let's say they have three players that are making more than three and a half million a year. Let's 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 say that's that's ten million a year. But the if we're looking at the total debts of clubs, we're looking at four hundred million euros, stuff like that. Fenerbahce over six hundred, uh, Besiktas four hundred, Trabzonspor two hundred. Uh, I don't exactly know how much Galatasaray are, but they're close uh, to 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 four hundred too. I think. 
you know, those are mountains of depth, and I think those are more created by other issues. For example, the the weak economy, obviously, um, but also, you know, just for you know, systematically having to overpay for Turkish talent, I think that has a bigger impact because you, at the end of the day, you have to fill up a 22, 23, 24 man roster with Turkish players. And the majority of those team of those players, unfortunately, aren't from your, our own academies. They are plucked away at Ginsterbeli, at Gaziantepspor, at whatever, and they're all paid a lot. And by implementing a foreign rule again, if they are going to do that, they're just going to jack up the prices again. And these Tur- these mediocre Turkish players, one will be getting uh, to ask top wages again instead of let's say um, Emre Kilic. Uh, Kilinch, who yes. is a really, really good player right now, doing fantastic for Sivaspor. Yeah. But let's be honest, in today's market, without a foreign limit, I don't think any Turkish club is going to offer him more than one and a half million a year. Yeah. I don't I don't Agreed. think that, that the Gals look, I think we would all like to have him on our team, but I don't think any of the clubs are going to dip down super deep in their pockets to get him. If you implement a foreign limit that guy's going to earn two and a half million a year. There's yeah, no like how Alper Potik did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's just the, the... And then you have that nonsense of the 32-year-old age thing. I brought up George Haji before. Now, he was 31 going on 32 when he came to Galatasaray in the summer of 96. Um, Ricardo Quaresma, when he came back to Besiktas in 2015, was exactly 32 years old. Look at the mileage Besiktas got out of him. Yeah. Look at yeah, how... Exactly. Look at how he performed for Besiktas in the Champions League and how that lifted Turkey's reputation, Besiktas' reputation up. So are you telling me that Turkish clubs are not going to be able to get players like that anymore? What did Besiktas pay for, for Kvarejma? 1.2 million in transfer fee and they, they paid him 2 million a year, or 2.1 or whatever. Uh, I think his initial contract was even lower. Um, he extended later for, for a higher wage because he was doing so well. I mean... Also, we got like Uifaluji at the age of yeah. like 33. Yeah, Zago, same yeah. same thing. Um, you know, plenty of examples. You need those those types of players. Obviously, your team ideally is going to be made up out of three, four experienced players that know the ropes. You know, in every line, you want like you want a good central defender, probably uh, a good guy in midfield, and maybe uh, one up top or or in, or in between the sticks. But then you fill that out with, you know, mid-20s to early-20s talented players. That's how you do it ideally. Obviously, we see, you know, that Besiktas the past couple of years had a really old team. right now has a pretty old team. And we see that is a, a negative trend. Okay, I agree to that. But then incentivize playing younger players but don't punish teams don't pun- don't make it impossible for clubs to sign a player look what if let's say you can let's say that Galtry are in the market for a number 10 and they have the choice between a 32 year old uh let's say Wesley Snyder and then they have they can't but they can't sign him because he's 32 so then they have to sign a 31 year old um What's that that guy's name that played for Bursa Spor and briefly for Galatasaray, the the Portuguese guy? Who? The the, the guy that played for uh, Bursa. What was his name again? Josue. 
Josue. Ah, Josue. Ah, yeah. so, so if if you have the choice between a 31 year old Josue or a 32 year old Wesley Snyder, and let's say Snyder is even asking the same wage, then technically you can't put bring in the better player just because he's a couple of months older. This is all hypothetical, of course, but <laughs> yeah. How silly is that? It's ridiculous. No, like if even if your team formation is like a build up with young. You cut out, Umut. We can't hear you anymore. Is it better now? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you again. Okay, like if your team is built with youngsters and the only old players that your like over thirty-two year old, uh, you know, kind of player. Mm-hmm. If he fits in your team and game plan, and he, if your team will benefit out of it, he has to come. Yeah, of course. And I mean, look even at, at look at the top teams in Europe. All all the top clubs in Europe have at least one guy who is thirty two pl- year old or older and who is key. I mean, look, uh, Paris Saint Germain, their their captain is like thirty five. Um, Ronaldo is is how old is Ronaldo? He's 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 ah, uh, that's the difference. He's gonna be None of them sees their teams as the last resort uh, before the retirement. Yeah, but but do you think that that I mean, look at look at even Didier Drogba. Did he see Galatasaray as a last resort? Yeah, he, he, that, yeah, man. You know, you must have watched that Chelsea game where he sold us out. <laughs> he went back to Chelsea after, and he he still had a long career in in the United States. So clearly, that wasn't his last stop. If you can offer Champions League football, then that's enough. You're only retiring if you're going somewhere outside of UEFA. I think. Yeah, if you go to China or something, which yeah. actually, actually did as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which actually yeah, well. Drogba did, but he he returned after a couple of months because he didn't, you know, because it wasn't to his liking. Um, you know, sometimes I mean, are you retiring? I think if you're going to China, there's an excuse because there's so they were throwing for a while there. They were throwing such absurd numbers at players you couldn't refuse. I think if you're going to to the, to 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 the Middle East. Then you can talk about okay, the guy is retiring. And I, I think there's a lot less stories of of players coming back from the Middle East and revitalizing their careers than there is about players coming back from China. I think there's none. Like if Ryan Babel is the only one I can think of. <laughs> Ryan Babel went to the Middle East. He went to Al Ain, <clears throat> oh. Dubai, I think, or whatever. Yeah. But that's that's one of the few I can think of. I mean, it's like, not like Raul yeah, came West back. Snyder it's not did, like Cannavaro came back. Did and Raul did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's I I I think it's it's an I get it where the the thought comes from, but that feels like an idea from somebody who has no clue about football. That's that's about exactly. like a, like a casual fan. Oh, the problem is all these old players, and I mean this is not a, this is not a decision made by educated football experts that should be governing uh, Turkish football. And I don't know. I, I mean, I hope at least that part of the rule. You know, in fact, if it would stay eight plus two plus two, I wouldn't be that opposed. To, I mean, I'd be okay with 8 plus 2 plus 2 but anything less than 8 no is, no what's the deal with the second yeah, plus 2 yeah, I mean, why should be 8 plus 4 to 
just sit in the stands. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the rule should just be, if they're gonna do something like this, it should just be maximum four, maximum eight foreigners on the pitch at the same time, and then yeah, the like, rest you just do whatever you want. You know, yeah. if you want to have, if you want to have. Uh, uh, your your bench full of foreigners. Okay, fine. If the if, if if one of your Turks gets injured on the pitch, bad luck. That's your gamble. You know. I think that's that's better. I don't I don't think it's negative to expect teams to field two or three Turks at minimum. I think that's okay. Um, but I think there's diff again there's different ways of of doing that. There's ways of incentivizing that. I think if a team opts to play with eleven foreigners, that's their right. Maybe at the end of the day, at the end of the ride of when the league is over, they get less prize money. You know, like five percent uh, less or something. The, the problem with this uh, rule is that when you can just buy a foreigner for a spot for a position. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have the limit, you have to go for the Turkish one, and mm -hmm. by that, it just decreases the opportunity of Turkish players going to the Europe. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Turkish players just go to the big four clubs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. And another thing, uh, you know, Bistec right now are being linked to. Uh, you'll know him, Jakub uh, Aitor Cantala Piedra from FC Twente. He just left Twente actually. It's twenty-four-year-old player. Uh, played for Barcelona's youth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, young winger um, this season, seven goals, six assists. Last season in the second division, he had uh, like 13 goals and whatever. So, you know, talented player, not not a top, top talent, but an interesting opportunity. And if I'm, if I'm looking at the numbers that I'm reading right now, because he's being linked to some Greek clubs too, and they're talking about a wage of 400,000 euros. <clears throat> That's yeah. li that's literally what a youth like a Turkish youth made. Like we got Güven Yalçin from Bayer Leverkusen, and he's earning four hundred k. And he's he only played like in the regional leagues in Germany, and the only reason you know he he's earning that much money is because he's a freaking Turk. And that's without a limit. Imagine what's gonna be with a foreign limit. I mean, you know, it's 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 just if if you want. Um, your sport or your team or you know football in, as a whole in Turkey to grow, the the worst thing you can do is put a limit on anything. You know, uh, you you have the financial fair play stuff, uh, which I think is a good thing, because otherwise we would have like uh, teams bankrolling, um, rich owners bankrolling the team. But if you if you think about it in a way that you want the most performance on the pitch, uh, you want the best players on the pitch. Having a foreign limit is like the worst way to go through it, you know. Um, you will only, you will only like, um, as 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 you guys already said, you have, you will only, like, bring up the play, bring up the value of of, of Turkish players, um, this disproportionate to what they are worth. So you have players that you pay like a lot of money for just because they are Turkish. Um, I I remember that there are like. Uh, I think it was China. China has like a system where they, you know, they have a lot of a lot of uh, that their population is really big. So they try to, um, you know, educate the players, the young players. They they want to have like a great young player basis. So they have like a like a weird rule that at least two players that are on the starting eleven have to be like youngsters, you know, under the age of eighteen or nineteen, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, you know, these are the things that, you know, we, we know that Turkish people are nationalistic by nature. 
Um, you know, the, the thing that probably a lot of Turks like more than anything is watching Turkey play and getting all into that nationalistic, you know, mindset of, you know, we are better than you. So I think that the decisions for this, you know, with, 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 with Erdogan being at top are just made without even thinking thinking it through. You know, I think that the, the decisions are being made by people that don't really know a thing about football, don't really think about the consequences that, that it might have. You know, Turkish teams have been doing so well over the last couple of years and one of the one of the factors uh, that that helped uh, it, it become so good is that there wasn't a limit on the amount of foreigners you can have no you know the 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 nationals the nationalistic guy in me says like okay it would be great if we had like 11 turkish players on the pitch and you know you become champion but the reality is that that isn't able you know you aren't able to do that at the moment i think it is possible but then you're going to drastically lower the level of the league i, I don't you know look if you look at any success that turkish clubs have had in europe in the last decade uh, look at Osmanlı Spor when they had their great run in Europe. I mean, how many Turks were they fielding? Like Musa Charan, Numan, uh, I guess the goalkeeper. Who was the goalkeeper back then? Uh, wasn't that the old guy, Altai? Was that was his name Altai? I honestly don't know. No, he used to play for Kocaeli Spor back in the day. Who? Uh, the the old goalkeeper that used to play for Osmanlı Spor. Not uh. Kerti Maskas, but uh, what, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh. Anyway, like they had like maybe that like three or four Turks, and then uh, look at Besiktas when they were successful in Europe the last couple of years. Like, the reason they were successful is instead of Ibrahim Zulmez or Ismail Koybashet left back, they had a guy that actually played for Sevilla and Barcelona, Adriano, who was really good. Um, you know, and I mean, Besiktas were Besiktas always fielded like two or three Turks, but. Except for that 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 semi that 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 that, that uh, match against Bayern, I think that's the only match that they didn't have a Turk on the pitch, um, and we lost. <laughs> and and look at look at the success Galatasaray have had in Europe this decade. I mean, that's all been in great part due to guys like like Snyder and Drogba, and of course Burak and Selçuk had their part, but Melo, Muslera, you know, they had massive. Uh, parts in that too and then look at look at Bashakshir. could you imagine Bashakshir getting out of the Europa League group without foreigners or with 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 only six with a maximum of, of six foreigners could you imagine that I mean oh, how shit, many I totally forgot about that how but many how... next day yeah. playing Copenhagen what's gonna yeah. happen Are they... <laughs> we have no idea what's happening I have, no, I have no clue exactly what's, what's oh, going, man, they're what on a good run. going to happen with that but what, how many for how many Turks are they fielding Irfan Can, Mahmoud who else? Volkan in goal. And the goalkeeper. No, Volkan doesn't doesn't play anymore. Only Mert, yeah, Mert. So Mert, Mert. Sorry, Mert, Irfan, yeah. Mert, Ivanjan, Mahmoud. Um, their, their backs are both foreigners. Their central defenders are foreigners. Um, their wingers are foreigners. Their strikers are foreigners. I mean, come on. <laughs> doesn't make... Uh, even if they... Let, let's say they were going to do this. It's 8 plus, plus 2 plus 2 next season. That's going to cause a, a big issue for clubs straight away. Oh, shut up, Khan. What do you know? Oh, there's Burak. <laughs> imagine, imagine if Fenerbahce would have to play with, with at least three Turks. They would relegate. Well, we've got, we've got loads of Turks, mate. We'll be fine. We'll just bring up all the, all the young'uns. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problemo. Yeah. Fast track relegation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they tried it last season and failed, so let's see him try it again. 
<laughs> well, we'll we, maybe uh, next season, eh? There's always next season. Oh, One no, can hope. It's nice of you to grace us with your presence. Well, yeah, I was uh, on on a call and, and working with a client that's based on a west coast of America, so they're eight hours behind, which makes mm. it early in their day, late in my day. But hey, I'm grateful for work in these unprecedented, crazy times, so I am not complaining. And are you looking forward to the restart of the league uh, to see Fenerbahce back in action? I am not really looking forward to football <laughs> because it's it's soulless. Um, yeah. Bashak Shahir are going to be used to it, of course. No yeah. fans. Um, but it's going to be so weird to have the league restarted in a rush. I just hope they have continuous and rigorous testing before and after the games on all the players and the staff and the people who are there doing the TV shows and the production team, etc. But it's going to be a soulless end to uh, the season. We've got really nothing to play for. Maybe a European spot if yeah. they go ahead with the band for, yeah. for clubs on. But, you know, it'll be something to pass the time instead of watching old highlights. So... <laughs> You've been doing that too, eh? <laughs> well, what else is there to do, man? <laughs> I was I was talking about it at the top of the episode, and I've been watching a lot of uh, old Galtry and Fenerbahce stuff, like the Rahim Revivo Rapaich era kind of stuff. I, I actually watched uh, Fenerbahce's uh, championship game against Samson Sport the other day because I was initially watching Haji's retirement match, and then I was like, oh, wait, you know, this was simultaneously Fenerbahce were playing and, you know, drama and. Uh. <laughs> so it's, I'm it's, uh... It's a special day. It's six, 16 years to the day that Alex signed, so there's a bit of nostalgia attached Ooh. to today. And uh, I found a old picture of the one of the old Fenerbahce chairman, Farouk Ulgaz, handing or receiving a plaque from Metinok Ties. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Back, back when there was rivalry in sportsmanship, but none of this other shit show going on. So, yeah, not we know nostalgia, but you know, you know what Dwight Schrute from the office says is nostalgia is humankind's greatest weakness, apart from the jugular. So, <laughs> okay, well, you know, we were just finishing up. Actually, we were talking about um, the four proposed foreign limit that's being floated around there: uh, eight plus two plus two, going on to six plus two plus two, and the thirty-two age time age. Age time limit. The 32-year-old time uh, age limit for foreigners. Quickly, your thoughts on it, Burak, if you want to chip in your ikikurush. Well, the, the age limit is is ridiculous. I mean, how they decided on 32, I think they just they smoked a bunch of weed and spun a wheel and were like, 32? Yep, that sounds about right. But if it was 32, then we would never have, have had players like uh, Carlos or Drogba. I don't think Anelka was 32 when he came. No, he wasn't. He was 26 or 27, actually. Yeah, so other players who, who come, you know, for a bit of a cameo in Turkey. On the other hand, you've got people saying, well, Pepe. they shouldn't come for a payday. But mm. I think, you know, putting an age is, is just ridiculously, ridiculously ageist. Um, and it will just make players think, 32, fuck off. I'm not going to the Super League. And that's for the foreign rule. It's we've discussed this a few times before, and mm -hmm. eight plus two plus two. It's like, what about the two players that are going to be not even on the bench that you're paying? I yeah. think there was uh, Nihat Özdemir was well, he's a bit of a twat. Anyway, um, someone said, what about the two players you're paying that can't even be on a bench? That might be looked into. 
but any kind of restriction is you know will only i think be detrimental to yeah. to la league i mean people say like oh but there are teams with no turks and starting lineup it's because they're not fucking good enough mm-hmm. <laughs> and with the advent of these p players coming in it will make them up their yeah. game so, I mean, if if you look at Galatasaray, for example, before Emre Agbaba came back from injury, is there really a Turk that you can think, well, he should be playing? Um, Erbayram, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he. I mean, he claimed the spot for sure. Yeah, now, yeah. But I mean, yeah. at the start of the season, when they were starting like eleven foreigners, the only the only point, the only thing I can think of is, okay, that's fine, but why aren't? kids like Yunus Agun getting chances in the cup and stuff like that. And that is definitely something different. But that's that's down to the coach and the coach's choices. You know, and that's not something... Uh, Fatih Terim isn't going to be there forever. And the next coach may give lots of chances, opportunities to youth players. And maybe, you know, there's stuff we don't know. Maybe those kids don't work their asses off in training and they just don't deserve a chance. We don't know. Or well, they might be sending tweets like Mustafa Kapu. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it will only be a detriment to the league and it will inflate players' prices like the yeah. Mehmet Topuzes and Alpad Potoks. Yeah. And who's that? Who's that Tarek Chamdal or someone? Like, yeah. He's not even worth half of the fucking... He, he was the worst, oh. the worst of the bunch, yes. I think. At least Alper and, and Mehmet Topuz had some value and, and contributed a little bit. I mean, to- yeah, Topos was a was a you know was a good versatile you know utility player that you used for many years. You just overpaid him and and paid too much. But I mean, so yep. he wasn't a bad player, not at all. But Tariq Chamdal, he just you know earned five, six, seven million, uh, did absolutely nothing, and you know now is playing for a minimum wage at the Dimirspor, if I'm not mistaken. Last I heard, how the mighty fall. Yeah. But he doesn't need it anymore. He's he's sitting on five mil. Um, anyway, I think we'll we will be following, of course, this situation and of course the league closely, and we will be soon returning to a weekly uh, weekly we- weekly schedule. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, hopefully the clubs, uh, the clubs union, the, the the club presidents all say no and just uh, give uh, Nihat Uzdemir the middle finger. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. And I'm sticking my middle finger in the air right now. <laughs> I'll give you a bismillah. We should do, we should do foot the video just for this episode, just for that. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for, for your time. But we've uh, kind of run out of time. So uh, t- I want to thank all of you uh, for joining me this week uh, on uh, the Football Ala Turka podcast. Um, soon we will be back with weekly coverage of the Turkish Super League. Thank you very much for listening, Uzar. Thank you very much for joining us live from Chicago. Jakub, thank you very much for joining us live from Rotterdam. And Umut, thank you very much for joining us live from Istanbul. And of course, Burak, thank you very much for joining us briefly. But uh, still, thank you very much for joining us from your Shisha launch. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you again in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. We're back, listeners. We're back, bitches. We're back in your ears. Stay tuned. Get used to it. Turkish football action. We're back, baby. Come on, bring on the fights.